Hey Candy Fam, this is Nate from Talking Candy. We wanted to let you know that this audio podcast is a recording from a weekly YouTube series on the Talking Candy YouTube channel. We often reference charts and other visual aids throughout the show that in our opinion improve the overall experience. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe so that you can stay informed on everything in the world of candy each and every week. I have no idea what you're talking where about. They put the, where they put the, they had it at Fenway Park, they had it at, um, well, I'll just cut this, so <laughs> screw me. What's up, Candy Fam? My name is Nate, that's David, and this is the Talking Candy Weekly Update. Every week we take a seat and talk about everything that's going on in the world of candy to give you an idea of what you should be paying attention to. And while David and I each have collections of our own, None of this is financial advice. We are just here to have a good time. David, it's Titan week number five. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a, another exciting week. They've been expanding the criteria that they've been pulling these Titans from, giving us a little bit from different leadoffs, and it's been pretty interesting. Agreed. Yeah, it's been nice to see that in addition to having 10 Titans a week, we're also seeing guys from different lineups, which is what you're referring to. Uh, so we're definitely going to jump into that. But we've also got three drops that we need to talk about. We've got the Field of Dreams Stadium drop, the Shawn Michaels WWE drop, and the upcoming Cal Ripken Jr. drop. Uh, and then in addition to that, like I said, we'll touch on Titans. And we're also going to have a little discussion about packs, current state of some packs, and, and what we've seen over the last seven, eight months. So with that being said, let's start by jumping into some current events here. So... First off, just wanted to give a shout out to Whistle Piggy, which is also a phenomenal name on Twitter. Whistle Piggy was the winner of the lineup two free pack and uh, did me the service of posting a screenshot, which you and I both got a kick out of because he pulled an epic Vasquez and an uncommon belt. So a little representation from Boston and San Francisco in this pack. So shout out to Whistle Piggy. Hopefully that Vasquez turns into Titan and hopefully Vasquez is back on the, the Red Sox next year. I'm still holding out for that. So just wanted to touch on that real quick. Follow at Talking Candy NFT if you haven't already for, for more giveaways and stuff like that. But like I said, we've got three drops, one that's done, one that's in the middle of it, and one that's upcoming. The one that is done is the MLB Field of Dreams Stadium Series. So as was the case with the original stadium series. These were designed by S. Preston or at Poot Poot on Twitter and still have that same minimalistic style that uh, I love. I know that you love it as well. So you got the, the cornfields and same deal there. So these were released last week, I believe. Uh, was it last Wednesday, something like that? I forget exactly when these were were released but um these are done now and there were 442 of the steel steel edition minted there was also a one of one i'm not sure what that went for were you keeping track of that I, i'm not seeing immediately where to uh click in to find that i believe that one ended up at four thousand. cool so one of a kind there and then this was its own thing and then there was also the 15 dollar version of the commemorative ticket, basically that style with the, the three panels that open up. But this was kind of the the main thing, if you will. Like I said, 442 of these minted. I was not around, I was traveling last week, 
Uh, but if you want to touch on this and what you noticed, if you have any insight on it. Well, I mean, as you mentioned, this is in the same style as the stadium series that was dropped last year. And so I know there's a lot of people who are anxiously waiting to bring their other stadiums over to the candy marketplace. So that's something we're still holding out for. Uh, but there was just a lot of excitement to see something in this style on the candy marketplace. Um, and just to see that stadium series kind of get its moment um, with this latest drop. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me is the $15 offering, the commemorative ticket, it actually sold less copies than the than the Steel Series minimalistic stadium. And so it's actually seen a, a bit of a bump in price from its original price. Um, there's only 292 minted, and they've got a floor of about $30 right now. So it costs you twice as much now to pick one up versus last week when they were for sale originally. And I think, I mean, they look cool in their own right, you know, and I do love that minimalistic style, but you've got, you know, the great sunset, you've got, you know, the actual visual of the stadium itself on this commemorative ticket. And so I think that's kind of driven their values you know, quite a bit right now, at least. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. This is, uh, this is really cool. I haven't actually clicked on this all the way into it yet, but very, very nicely done, very tastefully done, super minimalistic to your point. I also love the the old school logos that they use for both of them. I was about to say that the Cubs logo yeah. is amazing. Wicked cool. So yeah, these are these are cool pieces, cool way to commemorate that that game. I'm a huge fan of it, even though it was the the Cubs and the Reds this year instead of the, <laughs> the White Sox and the Yankees last year. It was still a good game, still enjoyed watching it, and it's a I think it's a good concept for baseball. So Cool that they put out some some product around that. Maybe next year we could get the Giants and Dodgers in their uh, Brooklyn and New York style. That would be very cool. That would be very cool. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what the matchups continue to be. This is you know effectively the what's it called? What's the the hockey equivalent of this? Where they do the uh, they do them in the baseball stadiums. What's that called? Why can't I think of it? I have no idea what you're talking where about. Where they put the, where they put the, they had it at Fenway Park. They had it at, um, well, I'll just cut this. So <laughs> screw me. Uh, <laughs> the NHL stadium series? No, the, the game that they play everywhere, every year for the NHL where it's outside. They play it at, in like a baseball stadium. They did it at Fenway Park. They did one at Gillette Stadium. And I can't think of the name of it. They play an outdoor mm -hmm. NHL game. Yeah, NHL Stadium Series. Is that what it's called? That's what it looks like. Stadium Series, regular season, <laughs> outdoor games. I guess um, it is, and I'm just getting tripped up because I'm used to Stadium Series being uh, a, candy a candy thing. thing. So, But yes, that is what it is, and that was a, a great conversation. Moving light, right along. <laughs> Shawn Michaels' collection was also released uh, yesterday or two days ago. So Monday, August 15th, was when they released the Open Edition $20 uh, trading card NFT. And, and so that one's going to be on sale for about another week or so. And then uh, today for us, Tuesday, August 16th, they released the uh, Limited Edition. So it's a series of 100, the Silver Edition. And they also put the Gold Edition uh, for auction. And so those are going to be going for the next five or six days as well. And right now, this, at least while we record, the Silver Edition hasn't sold out quite yet. Uh, there's been 72 purchases, so about 28 to go. It seems likely that it will sell out. 
but it didn't have that, you know, that immediate demand to sell out in a matter of minutes. And then uh, I think one thing we touched on earlier is before this drop, they had the um, the WWE belt, which mm-hmm. was like a crossover with uh, making a purchase on the Fanatics website or the new WWE portion of the Fanatics website. And so the belt is the most prolific of their NFTs so far. It's got over 1,100 that have been claimed. And that one's just free for people who made a purchase online. Uh, the open edition mint is sitting at about 350 minted. And then the silver, as I said, is currently at 72. But I think we do expect that to hit 100 and mint out you know, before the sale ends. Yeah, so these are continuing to look like you know, a variation of, of the different things we've seen with some some of its own flavor to it. So still nice quality NFTs here. I am not I'm not huge into WWE, so this isn't this isn't my thing, but I'm still excited to see these NFTs. I'm excited to see these things continue to come out. And uh, if they ever make anything for Andre the Giant, I'll probably I'll probably grab that. Uh, so yeah, it's a cool drop. Obviously not as high demand here continuing to Mm -hmm. build out that community that fan base and this is a good way to gauge that right so a lot of times we see with the the 100 edition anything with mlb sells out very quickly this did not do that although to your point i think that it will sell out since we're already 70 percent of the way there give or take and then like has become the case uh we've got this one of one up for auction it's up to 2300 right now another cool piece there so we'll keep an eye on that that ends in five, four, uh, six days, six days. So we'll see where that, where that lands. And we'll see yeah, what type of product they go with from here. I know a lot of people would like to see, you know, something in the pack variety so they can get a more of a variety of their favorite wrestlers, but we don't know if that's going to include vintage wrestlers like Shawn Michaels, or if it's going to be only current wrestlers, you know, it could be tailored to, to different uh, appetites and, We'll just have to see what direction they run run with it and how they interpret the information they're gathering right now from their their current sales. So we also have the Cal Ripken Jr. drop, and this is the one that has not started yet. But we just got a fresh announcement on this a few hours ago today on Tuesday the 16th. And so just taking that snapshot straight from Discord, we've got the the one of one auction same as the the one we were just showing and many of the other legend things that we've gone through so far so this is going to come with a physical print of the legendary icon that is signed by cal ripkin jr that's very cool also going to come with a 15 minute zoom call with ripkin and this piece the reserved number one serial of an additional oh you know what that's the that's the airdrop that comes later am i getting this no, backwards now there, there, there's two things the epic okay. does come with a physical print and and that will be signed and so there will be a snapshot for epic holders but something completely separate is it's a of 170 it looks like and this is just a separate plaque nft that's going to be airdropped to holders of any rarity so right. it doesn't have to be epic it could be cores on commons or rares uh they're just going to take a snapshot at that point as well and just raffle those off to 170 different holders and so you know most people are going to have a pretty good shot to land one of those because there's only going to be 1200 copies across all rarities to begin with and it stands to reason that some of them are going to 
still be wrapped at the time they take the snapshot. So those are pretty good odds. Yeah. Thank you for that. Clearly, I'm on my B game today so far. Uh, but the 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 cool the coolest concept here uh, is that these are going to be released in blind boxes. So instead of having to go in and make your decision on each individual rarity, which one you want to buy, which is what initially it looked like it was going to be formatted as, these are going to come in blind boxes similar to the Stranger Things drop where you buy the box for 25 bucks and then you have a shot at any of the rarities. So presumably if you get a core, it will not make your value back. I'm not sure where that that benchmark will will hit, but obviously the epic is going to be the one that you're hunting for there. So addition out of 50, the rares are out of 120, the uncommon out of 330, and the cores out of 700. And to your point, the the epics are also going to come with a physical print of the epic icon signed by Ripken, which is very cool. I like to see that that overlap with the IRL stuff and that's going to be a snapshot. So it looks like you'll be able to get that on secondary if you choose to go and buy one from somebody that ripped one. But yeah, this is a, another unique take on a drop. It's something that is an idea that you had a few weeks ago, something that, that we had discussed. I don't remember if it was on the show or, or in Discord, but uh, liking seeing varied drops here, still seeing elements that are consistent, like the one of one auction, and the epic through core rarity but seeing the blind box make its way into an mlb drop it'll be interesting to see how people take to this and and how it plays out right and we did have a discussion and then after that point i, I did go ahead and kind of compile my thoughts on how i would like the ripkin drop to work and so i left that as a suggestion on the discord can't be certain if that played a factor in them making this change, because I know I wasn't the only one to give that feedback. But the fact remains that that candy did take feedback, and they used that to, to guide their change uh, into going with this blind box instead of just pricing all the rarities differently. And that's going to give people an opportunity to land that epic or that rare that they might desire without having to pay, you know, potentially hundreds of dollars for them get it in a $25 box if you're lucky enough. And so I think that's a, I think that's a positive change. Uh, one interesting dynamic we're going to see here, though, is that there's only seven days between these blind boxes being released and the snapshot being taken. So it's not the sort of thing where you can hold your box unopened for months on end. You've got a very limited window to make that decision of if you're going to rip it, if you're going to sell it to someone else. You know, you've got options but not for very long. You're gonna to wanna to make that decision before the snapshot occurs if you want a chance at one of those plaque NFTs or one of those epics before the snapshot happens. Yeah, and to your point the about the everybody having a shot at the epic, you know, there, there are a lot of different views on how drops should go. I, for one, feel that we should have a variety of different drops because then it adds different elements of fun for all different types of collectors. First come, first serve has an element of excitement to it for people that are ready to to get right in there when things drop. Some people don't like that because they don't have the ability to do it. I don't think that everything needs to be perfectly fair for everyone, but I do think that it's nice when we have a drop like this where it won't be a race to get the 50 epics. You just buy a pack and everybody has an equal shot at one. So variety is a spice of life. I think that, that it's nice that we're seeing a variation here and I hope that we continue to see a whole bunch of different things. Random cues, first come, first serve, 
blind boxes, it adds to the fun of it. We need different types mm -hmm. of, of drops and and then time will tell what people like the most. And I, again, I think that variety is fun. So this is a cool drop. I'm definitely grabbing one of these boxes. I don't know how many I'll grab, but I'm for sure grabbing at least one and we'll be ripping them. Mm -hmm. uh, so looking forward to this next week. I don't know, is there anything else you wanna to touch on on this one? Are you good? No, I, I love the direction they took this in, obviously. And I'm, I'm excited to see not only how it goes, but how the community reacts to this style of drop. Because, you know, just having this positive sentiment to a change like this could just be a good thing overall for the state of the community uh, versus the sometimes funk that we fall into between drops or because of drops. And so uh, I think this could be a, a good change. Agreed. I, I enjoy these legend drops, the, the specialty players, and uh, Ripken's definitely a player that, that I grew up on. So looking forward to this one. So with that... Let's jump into Titans here. And let's start by just quickly taking a look at the the floors of the Titans that have already been airdropped. So these are all in circulation. And these are the top five floor prices of any Titan that's come out so far, which is 25 total Titans, right? Is that? Yeah, it's 25 yeah. going into this week. Right. And so uh, when these go out, we'll be up to 35 on yeah. Friday. So the, the 10 that we're in the middle of, which we are going to talk about, have not been airdropped yet. But from the first 25 that have, we've got Judge and Wander in a league of their own, kind of jockeying for one and two position. And then we've got Miggy, Goldie, and Alonzo rounding out the top five. I think that the, the most interesting piece about this here is that you've got four guys from lineups one and two and one guy from lineup three. So we've got four of these are fully distributed and then Judge is the one that is only 50% distributed and yet him and Wander are still same price. So it'd be interesting to go take a look. You know, that's oversimplifying it too because it all comes down to player, prospects, younger guys are always gonna have this element of excitement and upside to them that's gonna drive prices. But Judge is also, you know, making a run for the MVP. So. It's a heavyweight bout between the two of them, and it's interesting to see them sitting at the same floor, even though one had double the, the supply available. But it also shows that even though we have had some other cards come from non-lineups one and two, we're still seeing mostly lineup one and two in the top five. And what that tells us is that at the end of the day, the most important element is the player, because these are the most desirable players that have come out as Titans yet. So it doesn't matter that Santander only minted 70 and his supply was lower. And you know, that's it's not gonna drive his floor price up to these levels because it's still not these guys. So it's important to remember that, uh, that at the end of the day, the player really is what matters the most in collecting when it, when it comes to value. And you see that in a graphic like this when you know that we've got guys like Bellinger and Santander that have come from other lineups. So I don't know if there's anything that you've personally noticed on, on some of these other Titans that are out right now. Um, well, I think one of the things that this speaks to is, is the fact that we might have seen even a larger disparity had the supplies been equal. I think you could make the case that judge would not be finding himself at the one spot right now. If he weren't from lineup three, if you're from one or two, uh, he would probably be comfortably second or possibly even third just because it, it isn't even that there would have been that much more supply 
it's that the supply would have been cheaper to put those titans together. And so people would have completed their titans at lower price points. And so their their cost for those 100 titans would have been lower. And that expectation of value of the titan itself would be lower. Uh, because we see guys where people put together their titans for $20. And those are the ones that are holding those those cheaper $30 titan floors. And if Judge were from lineup one or two, you, you could pretty comfortably cut his prices in half in the weeks leading up to his Titan. And that would affect, you know, his Titan value as well. It's just that expectation people have based upon what they paid to craft it in the first place. And one thing that I've been mentioning time and time again on, on the Discord is that uh, you really shouldn't be crafting a Titan to sell it. Because chances are, if you're if you're doing it the day of, the only people who are going to be really interested and passionate about that player to the point that they would want to buy it, they probably just made one themselves. Uh, it's, it's not that difficult to have done, and they probably would have bought the pieces before you did and paid less for them. And so it can be pretty difficult to try and put a product together to sell to somebody that they had access to build themselves and cheaper than you did. And so uh, I just want to encourage people to craft Titans that you want for yourself. Obviously there is some room to, to find profit in certain circumstances, but what we've been seeing is for most people who are interested in a player, it's been a smooth process to just craft one yourself. And there hasn't been too many cases where the player's gone in a matter of two or three minutes. There, there's enough time to get your own. And I think we're going to continue to see that for most players, with just a couple notable exceptions. Yeah, I mean, we've seen even the guys that have gone fast, pretty much everybody has had an opportunity to get one if they want one. And this comes back to a conversation that that we've had about open open mint drops, where if you are buying an open mint drop, and this is this is kind of a variation of that. It's, it's not the same, but the sentiment mm -hmm. that I'm gonna make here is the same, which is that, like you're saying, anybody that wants one can go get one if they really want it. And so the opportunity to sell that at a markup might come, but it's gonna be further down the line when the community grows and people enter that didn't have a chance to mint it when it happened. But given mm -hmm. what we already have right now of, of with a user base, to your point, those who want one are going to get one. So yes, there's room for profit if you bought your your pieces months ago and now it's a totally different equation. But if you're buying it day of, if anything, we've seen that the, the value has gone down because most people are not buying their, their pieces day of, although plenty are. But, and there's no problem with that as long as you're minting something that, that you personally want. So it's good to understand that and it's a good point to note Let's, uh, let's take a look at this week's Titans. So we have five active and five that are done. And there's a reason for that. The five that are done are all from lineups one and two. So that is Bregman, Rosario, LeMayhew, Kyle Lewis, and Tulio Urias. All five of them are from lineups one and two. They've minted out to 100. And then the, the active remaining are all from lineups three or later. So Segura... J-Rod, Hunter Green, Gritchick, and Acuna. And I think Segura was lineup three, 
And I think that right. the rest of these guys were from lineups four through six. Is that right? Yeah, Segura from three, uh, Acuna and J-Rod from four, Green from five, and Grichuk from six. And Segura, is he hit 95 earlier today. I haven't checked in about an hour, so he might still be at 95. But yep. he could he could potentially make that push. You know, he's home stretch. He might hit 100 before the minting stops on Thursday. But none of the other four will. It's virtually impossible. The supply for them just doesn't exist. Yeah, so let's talk about J-Rod a little bit here because he's been a super fun one to watch. His epic prices have gone crazy, but he's also just, you know, he's arguably the most desirable card in this whole set. It's a true rookie card. I know that we have his 2021 Uncut Diamonds card, but I would consider that more of a Bowman, and I still would say that that's the, the more desirable, especially at the, the rare and epic tiers in terms of the, the mint counts. But these, these Titans theoretically out of 100 but to your point it's not going to be that we're going to be looking at more like 70 or 80 of these this is going to be right up there with those with those original 2021 j rods and so this is something that is in he's lineup four i believe mm -hmm. and because of that it's a 25 percent supply and his epics are really cool to look at because at this point we only have three active listings so they just don't exist anymore and the ones that we've seen sell in the last 24 hours, so you can see 815 is where we started here. So one got picked up right away for 750. I think that that was sitting there on the floor. And then you had a handful of people come in and list after that. So we saw three of them go for 500, 500, and 600. And then there was another one sitting there at 740. Somebody grabbed that. And then today we saw one go for 950. And I'm not sure that this is with the intention to burn because it was a single digit serial. I could see that being one that somebody chooses to hold. To me, this continues to be a really nervous buy because we don't know what's happening truly with the remaining L4 or sorry, L3 through L6 packs. And so I'm not saying that it's a bad buy. I just have no idea. What we're seeing right now is that these packs are getting trickled out with the kind of rewards each week for people that are doing the most burning and there's different criteria. You don't know what it is. I love that concept. Really cool. Rewarding something that is just kind of a blind reward. So this past week it was a hundred cores. We've seen it be burning the most epics, things of that nature. But this, what we're seeing here, this, this pricing is a product of just a perfect storm of all the right elements. It's a low mint count. It's a low quant. It's an even lower mint count because of the quantity that's been distributed. It's an extremely desirable player with tons of upside in his rookie season. So, this is just one of the coolest cards to watch, in my opinion. And the Titans are going to be the same. So, I don't know if there's anything specific that you've watched. We've both been watching all the different rarities on J Rod, but he's a he's a fun one to watch in this set. Well, and, and we mentioned it last week. But his epics, as you said, there's only three listings and there's only 26 unlisted, mm -hmm. you know, aside from those that are still wrapped in packs. And so even if no more get burned between now and Friday, he's going to have 70, 75 Titans, maybe a few more. And he's only going to have 29 epics. So at least for a period of time, his epics will be, you know, in far fewer supply than his titans once those get airdropped on friday 
And so it's going to create this interesting dynamic. We still see on some other players from the previous lineups where their epics cost more than their Titans. It doesn't mean those epics are going to sell at those prices, but one of the explanations is just the fact that right now there could be less of them. And we're going to see that with Acuna as well, you know, also from lineup four. Pretty much anyone from lineup four, five, and six, as long as a reasonable number of their epics get burned, they're going to end up with more Titans than epics, at least for a season. And we'll see when that changes, when the dynamic is going to shift. And so to your point, that single-digit epic buy, you know, that could be a bit premature. It just depends on how long we see this dynamic where there's fewer epics than Titans. And, you know, if that person particularly wanted a single-digit epic, they might have been better off waiting a year, you know, until the rest of that supply came in whatever form it comes. But, you know, if as long as they're happy with it, that is the most important thing. It's just one of those factors that we have to keep in mind. And we could be totally wrong. We, you know, it might not ever play out that that there's such an influx of supply that it matters, but it's certainly not a problem that I envy. I don't envy that Candy has to deal with this because you've got a scenario where Titans are meant to be more rare than Epics. And in the current format with these later packs, that's simply not the case because of supply. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, you know, and only time will tell what they do to, to remedy that. And I'm glad that I don't have to come up with a solution to it. I'm not even going to attempt it. So it's a, that's a tough one. We're all in agreement, at least, that we don't want them to remedy with additional supply until after the Titan burning is done, because we've all been operating under the impression that they're not going to. And so that would invalidate a lot of decisions being made right now if that supply came before the burning was over. But afterwards, yeah, it's a difficult it's a difficult conversation. It's a difficult problem that they're going to have to tackle because maybe these people who are paying a premium for these low supply epics are going to feel unhappy when that supply does eventually rear up. So I want to have a quick discussion here regarding a non a non-100 mint on these cards because I think that some people might be interpreting that as a bad thing or a decrease in demand and I don't I don't personally see it that way and I don't think that you do either. So this one barely makes the conversation with Taiwan Walker minting 99, kind of funny, one short. And we saw that Santander only minted 70 and we're going to see some more not mint out fully. We've got Julio Rodriguez sitting at around 70. Acuna is right around the same. Let's see where Green is at. He, he's in a similar ballpark. Yeah, so right around 70 as well. This is what we expected to see. And I think that this is what Candy intended, honestly, from conversation that we read in Discord prior to Titan starting, which is that this was meant to be a difficult decision. And when you have, I think that these lineup four through six or lineup three through six Titans are a better representation of what this was supposed to look like. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that we had 100 Titans minted out on some of these. That's fun. That's exciting. But I think that this is what they were going for, where it's meant to be a tough decision. It's not meant to be a no-brainer. And so now that we've got that, that squeeze on the supply, we're starting to see that, and it's going to create 
a J-Rod mint of 70 instead of 100, and I think that that's cool. I don't think that it, that it means anything negative. It's just that now we've gotten to the point where we're distributing enough Titans each week from a variety of lineups with, with some decreased supplies, and, and we're seeing what that looks like with a different supply-demand equation, and I think that that's a good thing. Now pull up Grichuk, because I think that's another conversation about that supply. Unlike Santander, who did manage to push his way to 70 mints last week, uh, Grichuk is sitting at 32 right now, 68 to go, and, and he might not get much further than that. And so I think that that is lower than most people were expecting for perhaps even the lowest uh, of players, but that could just be in line with with the demand that Grichuk has at the moment. But something that occurs to me is that he could just be having the misfortune of being on the same week as Acuna and the same week as Julio Rodriguez. And I think they're taking a lot of the, the bandwidth of what's available for purchasing power this week, that even though he's only sitting at 32 minutes, and even though that would be really attractive to have a Titan that has less than 40 minutes or less than 50, depending on where he ends up, um, I think just if he'd been in a lineup where, or in a week, I should say, where he was the only player from four, five, and six, like Santander was last week, I think that would have focused a lot more of that purchasing power into him. And that's just not what we're seeing right now. But it's just another thing to be paying attention to. Someone like this who is going to fly almost under the radar when you put him next to those stars. Yep. And I think that where this becomes really intriguing is if at some point, if at some point we see some type of Titan set challenge or, you know, collection challenge, because that's where the bottlenecks will, will play in. Uh, because if this only mints out to be 30 or 40 of these, it's going to be a pinch point in creating that set. So those are angles that each individual needs to decide if they want to roll those dice on. It's far from certain. We've already got you know, a bunch of different challenges and sets and you can't bank on anything, but those are the types of speculative plays that, that you can operate on. It'll be interesting to see what these are going for on secondary when they do drop. Uh, so let's just jump into Acuna, the last one. So I'm going to to do an Acuna Titan. I just haven't done it yet. I've been watching everything closely and I'm also, don't quote me on it, but I'm hoping to do a simplified version of a walkthrough on how to do a burn and just make a super quick video. So I've been saving this to do it. But just for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, this is what it looks like. You come in here and it'll give you the big green banner. If you have what you need, you can go in and you can start checking everything off. So it shows me all of my Acunas that I own. And as I check these things off, you can see it accumulating down the bottom. Once you get all of your 51 points of the given card, then you can come down below and you start working through your your additional 49 until you got your 100. So that's how that works. It's a it's a pretty smooth process and then you get the cool graphic at the end of it. I just haven't quite done it yet. So anything else on that? What's that? Uh, and there hasn't been a rush. Right. Uh, cuz you know with these later lineup players, you don't have to be ready the minute that burning becomes available. Uh, like you will with these lineup 1 and lineup 2 players. Yeah, I was watching it super, super closely, making sure that it wasn't going to mint out. I got a little bit nervous when we saw 50 of them happen 
almost immediately and I was thinking about doing it, but you and I were discussing it, knew that the likelihood is that it was going to stall out and it did. So now I've got a little bit of a luxury of time to, to create some content out of it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be cool to, to mint an Acuna and hopefully have it be less than 100. Seems that that's what it will, what it will be looking like. Anything else on this? No, not on this week's Titans. So you had noticed, and this, I don't know, this isn't a long conversation. I don't know if I can go and find anything that, that jumps out, but you had noticed a lot of people doing some pre-purchasing in advance. And I don't know if there's any particular player that you were noticing getting bought up, but what I mean by that is just people not buying the guys from this week, but buying guys that we know the Titans are coming, but they haven't come yet. And so I'll scan through this real quick, but I don't know if there's anything specific that you noticed. So this was most noticeable. I don't remember if it was last Wednesday night or last Thursday night, but something that, you know, almost everyone on the discord noticed was just chunks of players being purchased. You know, first it was just a dozen trouts and then a dozen Otanis. And then it was just down the line, top player followed by top player followed by top player and it was just five six seven eight or more of that player and a lot of them were the leadoff players and, and it appears to be people putting together these these burn piles in advance because especially now that we've seen what happens to the prices on these lineup four five and six players people are starting to come to the realization that you really don't want to wait until the day of uh, julio rodriguez is a perfect example if we went back to June or early July, his Epic was available just as a floor price of about $200. And, and as we mentioned earlier, it's sitting at $950. It is quadrupled in price. And they're not all going to see that level of increase, but many of them from these later lineups will at least double on the day of. And so it's, it's not just the same buyer buying buying stuff up it's multiple different buyers and it's them you know isolating the players that they're passionate about and picking up 51 or 102 points of them and getting ready in advance and it's just throughout the week we'll we'll just see oh someone just bought 10 Kiermeyers, or you know it's not necessarily the top name players but it's just someone who's got a titan coming that hasn't come yet and it's eight or ten of their cards snatched up and it's a lot more prevalent now that we've seen a few of these titan weeks in the bag and um we're going to keep seeing more of it as people try to stay ahead of these day of pricings Mm -hmm. yeah and we've noticed that while there may be enough supply from lineups one and two on the day of the burn to kind of just maintain a floor price where it's not absurd to buy it the day of We've noticed that lineups three through six, you do see see an increase because there just isn't enough new listings coming in. So it is still advantageous if you've got a guy that you want to stack from one of those later lineups to do it in advance, do it before that Titan day comes and all that attention is uh, is on that name. So good, good observation, something that we've talked about from different angles in the past, but definitely something that is worth continuing to consider if you haven't rounded out your burn piles of guys that you want to get yet. Uh, So I think that that kind of does it on Titans. We will obviously continue talking about this each week because it's ongoing and it's, it's a lot of fun. 
But uh, the last thing that we wanted to, to jump into here was a little conversation around packs and specifically a comparison between the 2021 All-Star Packs and the 2022 Hall of Fame 10 Icon Packs, which both are in the category of some of the more successful packs that we've seen so far. They are drastically different, so they are difficult to compare and not sure if there's any uh, conclusion necessarily to be reached here, but just something that wanted to put together a little graphic and, and have a little conversation around it. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, well, I, I think it, it can also be instructive just to see where things have, have gone in the year or well, not quite a year since the first packs were released and, and to see the type of changes that, that are being made to these products. Uh, because we, we started, of course, you know, last October or yeah, end of October, beginning of November with those 2021 All-Star Packs. And it was $50 for, for a pack of three, you know, about $17 a card. And they were, they were mostly coarse with, you know, you'd expect to get one or if you were lucky, two non-cores in those packs of threes. And that's kind of evolved. It's iterated since then. You know, we saw them make an adjustment for the leadoff packs. And we saw some of those changes be not very well received. And they, they kind of pulled things back and, and tried to, to tune the equation. And I think with this Hall of Fame pack, at least with the 10 pack, uh, the 10 icon pack, we got something kind of similar, at least in how good it felt to, to have the pack and rip the pack to that experience we had last year with the 2021 set. But there, there are some drastic differences in terms of how many icons are in each pack the, the ratio of icons that are are going to be that rare or epic level you know there's a lot of numerical differences but in some ways they feel very similar to me at least yeah i think that the hall of fame drop was a a, a significant move in the right direction in terms of creating a product that people were going to be excited to rip and we're specifically talking about the 10 icon packs four icon mm -hmm. packs are a lot more similar to the leadoff series where it's an enjoyable experience to open, uh, but it, it's a little bit more of a lottery ticket, which is what traditional baseball card packs are. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but that kind of is what baseball packs have been through the years. So this is a more premium pack. And, you know, to your point, there have been, there have been things that have gone well, things that have gone poorly. I think that we learned a lot about what can work from the 2021 cards. I think that when we saw this Hall of Fame drop come out with the limited supply impacts overall, that was a huge improvement, first and foremost, just not having the you know, 2 million new NFTs coming mm -hmm. out with, with the leadoff series. That was a far, far cry from the 25,000 packs that we had come out on the 2021 stuff the that, and that's all stars and uncut diamonds combined so we took a step back with the hall of fame stuff and we also moved back to an equation of having all desirable players certainly there's still a hierarchy there but in general it was all guys that you knew even even the the relievers were hall of fame relievers so there's nobody that was just truly a, a bust in in pulling that and but then in this scenario, we we got the the full 
the full experience of getting all the different rarities for the most part. And you weren't guaranteed an epic, but we saw a lot of epics get pulled. Five out of six packs contain an epic. You get two rares. And then if you don't get that epic, you're going to get a third rare. So it created a much more guaranteed scenario where you knew you're going to open it and get some good stuff. And in addition to that, you still had the upside of pulling something crazy because the legendary profit, I mean, sorry, the legendary probability was one in 56, which was the the most significant bump in those odds that we've seen in any pack so far as well. So the upside was still there. You know, you could pull an epic Griffey, you could pull an epic Frank Thomas, and and you still had the shot at a legendary too. So they created a, a pack experience that you knew going into it was going to be a much more, I don't want to mm-hmm. say positive, you just have to have the right mindset of what you're opening. When you're opening a $30 leadoff series pack, you're doing it because it's fun and because there's upside there. You just have to have that in perspective. There's nothing right or wrong about that. Certainly the supply was was too great. Nobody's arguing that, so we don't need to, to discuss that. But the these Hall of Fame packs have that new wrinkle to it where you kind of know what you're getting and, and there's something nice about that. It's at a premium cost, but you know that you're going to get something that's worth your money. Right. E- even though you are paying five times the original cost of those 2021 packs, um, you you have the impression at least that you're going to open as many rares or epics as you might have seen in five of those 2021 packs to begin with. And so that that ratio of epic and rare to core uh, it, it just it just feels nicer, but you still you can't really put a price on being the first pack either, and so you know in in, in spite of how far it's come, it it has to be acknowledged that the 2021 packs have held a crazy value relative to what was paid for them. There's still they in and they fluctuated a lot. At one point they were holding twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars for for dozens of sales but even at six hundred dollars that's 12 times what was paid for them and that's i think largely in part because they're that that genesis product there's only going to be one first pack and it's this one and i think that's baked into that as well yeah certainly it's uh it didn't it didn't hold that that crazy high and there you know there was so much going on there we were in a much different time with the economy, with the crypto markets, with all the markets. Um, and there was also just a ton of hype around it, right? And we've seen that that happens with every product drop, not just in candy, but just anything. There's always hype around the excitement of, of what's happening you know, right now. But to your point, it's still 12X what retail was. And like you said, you can never have a Genesis product again, but it does show that when you've got the right equation of supply, with the quality of product, quality of contents within those packs that you can create an experience that that people want to be involved with. And so while these Hall of Fame 10 icon packs are not, you know, they're not worth $2,500, even though they sold for $250, they're still holding a secondary value above retail value. And that's a good sign. It means that people believe in the contents they they are happy with with what is being ripped and we continue to see packs sell every single day and they've fluctuated they've gone flirted with that 250 but they've also flirted with 450 and it's gone up and down so it's a it's a healthy 
place for a PAC to be. And it's combating a lot of the issues that, that we've seen with, with PACs in between these two. So anything else you wanted to hit on that? No, I think, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thing to look at. And, and as you said, that there's really, there's no winner here. It's just two different things. But I think contrasting them, you know, just kind of gives us, gives us some new information, just mm-hmm. gives us some perspective on where things were and where they are now. Yeah, it's just taking a look at two of the more successful products that Candy has dropped so far. And there are lessons to be learned from the positives that have happened too. So hopefully we continue to see pack drops that are designed with the right things in mind, with the the current demand that we have, right? The demand is what it is and we need to we need to see drops that that reflect that. And I hope that when we inevitably get a 2023 leadoff series next year, that there's a lot more thought that goes into it and we have a very different product that comes out. But I hope they do it with with taste and with thought about what that means within the whole ecosystem. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're learning is going to be one of the biggest challenges for Candy is balancing all of this product. And you say what you want about the volume of product drops. It does feel high at times, but it's also not to be unexpected if this is a sports collectible company and MLB is one of their big partnerships, then when the Field of Dreams gets played, they're going to put a product out for that. And so you can say what you want about it, but it's not like we're getting blindsided by that. It's to be expected. So that just means that in turn, it's Candy's responsibility to make sure that when they do these product drops, it's it's in the right format. It's at the right price point with the right volume and is in alignment with what they know the demand is going to be. And so as long as they continue to uh, you know, pay attention to that and continue to make variations and adjustments to what these drops look like. Hopefully that will mean a healthier experience for the consumer along the way and that we don't have things like lineups one and two from the leadoff series. We have things like lineups four, five, and six, which are proving to be a much more realistic, enjoyable product to interact with. So as long as we don't get a huge dump of those packs, it'll be a good case study to continue watching guys like J-Rod and Acuna endeavors along the way from from those later lineups. So, you have one, any a parting thought? Uh, I, I like that you snuck Devers in there. I think Crawford and Yastrzemski might be just as enlightening from those later drops. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just excited to see any giant uh, become a Titan at some point here. Been, been waiting. Yes, you've been patiently waiting. I'm waiting for you. I can't wait to do my Devers. I actually have enough for, well, I'm, I'm flirting with enough for two Devers. I, I need to decide if I'm going to round that out. So we'll see if I do that. But um, Don't wait. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's, it's expensive anyway, but I'm close enough. So with that, my name is Nate. That's David. This is the Talking Candy Weekly Update, and we will see you in the next one.